Blog Talk Radio. Uh, we were talking, and I was saying of all the questionable decisions that Williams made tonight, seriously, letting the pitcher hit in the ninth inning was probably the worst one. Uh, oh, hello, Nats Town. Welcome to Nats Nightly, sponsored by the District Sports page and FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Federal Baseball's doghouse on the line, coming to you after a frustrating 11-4 loss. Believe it or not, they took a 2-1 lead into the sixth inning, then things got ugly. We'll start with Gio Gonzalez on the mound, doghouse. We'll go all the way back to the beginning when it was all fun and one-game winning streak. Is that a streak? Six, six straight <laughs> starts, eight of, it, eight of his last Mr. Work doesn't like your attitude. <laughs> uh, Gio had six straight starts, eight of his last nine with two earned runs or less, 263 ERA, 342, 323, 316 line against, and 51 and a third innings pitch over that stretch. But five innings, four and two-third innings in his last two starts, facing the D-backs for the second time this year after he gave up nine hits, five earned runs, and five innings in Arizona in May. D-backs loaded the bases with one down in the third, got a sack fly by Aaron Hill, cut the Nationals' lead in half at that point to two to one. Geo threw 93 pitches and five innings pitched. They let him bat in the fifth anyway. Goes back out and gets lifted after giving up a leadoff single in the sixth inning. Barrett comes on, a single to center field, and then a two-run error on a bunt. Uh, Three-two D-backs at that point. Barrett throws it away. Uh, I don't, I'm questioning that decision at this point. Seems like superfluous. Is that the word I'm looking for? But she was at 93 pitches after five. You let him hit and then take him out one hit into the sixth inning. Instead, Barrett comes on with a runner on, struggles. He has to go to work anyway. So if you're trying to save your pen by squeezing another inning out of Geo, you failed at that point. What do you think Matt Williams was thinking there, and what do you think of the decision to leave Geo in there? Uh, I, I, I'm not behind it. I mean, you leave him in to hit if you're going to – why leave him in to hit if you're you're putting him in on a short leash in the sixth? I mean, I, I can see the appeal of trying to get six out of Geo because you know he can he can throw 110, 115 pitches and and be you know more or less okay with that. But uh, you know, Geo Geo is going to Geo. You know, he's going to walk somebody. He's going to give up a hit. We we certainly seem to have the the Babbitt gods firmly against us on uh, on all balls in play tonight. So uh, if, if you're not going to give him a runner uh, at that point, you know, pinch hit for him, uh, except that you're going to have to go to the bullpen and, and do it earlier. You know, they could have pinch hit Tyler Moore there and then left him into pitch for the sixth. And I, I think that would have been just, just as effective as, uh, as, as the actual, you know, sequence of events that went through. Uh, perhaps a, a different rearranging would have been even more effective than the actual events that went through. But easy to second guess at this point. Uh, it, it it does seem odd leaving Geo out there with a short leash. Uh, at, it, it's one thing if you didn't give up the pinch hit opportunity and you're just saying, all right, can we get a couple more outs? Uh, but hitting, not hitting, missing the chance to hit for him there. Doesn't make sense to me. Uh, this, this this was not a gem. Uh, his his last outing was not a gem. Uh, he, he he struggled a little bit, thrown a lot of pitches, sometimes uh, kept the ball down, and he he did kind of walk the tightrope tonight. 
considering how many base runners he gave up, what, it was eight hits and a, and a walk? You know, yep. that's nine base runners in five innings, and only uh, he, he only let one run in, and then one inherited runner went in after uh, after he came out. That's 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 pretty good. Uh, he he got in and out of some jams there. Uh, may, maybe Maddie's hoping that uh, w- whatever lucky charm is hovering over him would would keep hovering over. But then, man, you got to give him more than one runner. You need the tension to bring out the the, the magic uh, runner stranding fairy. You know how how are you <laughs> going to strand runners if you don't have any runners? Faith, faith, important part of managing that and making sure that you yep. put on your socks in the right order. <laughs> left and right, or right and left. I don't know, man. That's why I'm not a major league manager. <laughs> that is the only reason, I'm sure. Uh, also frustrating, the fact that they only scored two runs early on Ruby, don't call me Ruby, Delarosa. He beat the Nats during the series in Chase Field in May, gave up eight hits, two walks, four, four in runs, and a 14-6 win, eight and five on the year before tonight, four five nine ERA, four six eight six, two fifty nine, three fourteen, four fifty one line against, and 13 in the third. The Nats load the bases with no one out in the first, get sacked flies by Zimmerman and Worth, two nothing early, but that's all they get out of that. Runs without, as you mentioned, when we were messaging back and forth, he ends up going uh, five innings pitch, two hits, two runs, three walks, three Ks, 101 pitches. Nationals just get those two runs off of him, don't score again until Michael Taylor hits a two-run home run in the ninth. and Two runs off of this guy in that situation and over five innings, just not enough for the Nationals. They put them pitching in another position where they have to try to hold a 2-1 lead. Unable to do it. Aaron Barrett ends up blowing it with that error, and then they just pile on there, end up scoring 11 runs, three each in the eighth and ninth inning. But once again, the offense struggles against a, I don't want to call him mediocre, but that's probably what he is. A 4.59 ERA is pretty indicative of mediocre reliever. No, uh, Rubby De La Rosa, whatever. excuse me, I, I apologize for, for calling him that, is, uh, <laughs> is he, he's not a good pitcher. You know he's he's a fine sort of back of the rotation guy. He throws hard, but he doesn't give a lot of doesn't uh, uh, have a lot of movement on his pitches. He gives up a lot of home runs. Uh, his ERA is in the mid fours. He's you know, he's not a good pitcher. He has a reasonably good record this year, but you know he's he's that's, I think because he's got uh, a lot of hitting behind him, not because he's uh, particularly good at pitching. Uh, that the Nats were only able to scrape out two runs on consecutive sack flies, uh, no, no matter how much uh, certain Nats broadcasters argue in favor of doing the little things right. I would have much rather at least one of those had been a base hit because then we could have gotten three runs in that first inning. And uh, the, the inability to really string together any further offense after that, oh, it was, uh, it was, it was frustrating to watch. You know, it's 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 one thing to watch the the Nats get shut down by some guy I've never heard of uh, the other night, and then tonight they get shut down by some guy I have heard of who I know isn't very good. Uh, but you know, I, I'm going to cling to the hope that uh, our our veterany veterans will will figure it out. You know, we're already seeing uh, some good production out of Rendon, although maybe not tonight. Uh, we're we're seeing Zim show a little bit of power. And still show his his uh, his good batting eye. Uh, Maybe may worth puts it together, but 
wow. This was this this was a tough one to watch offense wise, as many of the games have been so far this season. Danny Espinosa gets a start in the lineup. Back from the missing, uh, Mike Rizzo is on 106.7 The Fan today with Grant Paulson and Danny Ruyer. He said that they have to find a way to get Espinosa in there at times. They mentioned that he hadn't been in there a while. He said they had a legitimate point that they have to find some way to work him into the lineup and having him out like he has been for the last two weeks just isn't going to work for him. Or You know, you can't get Espinosa going at all and rely on him if you're not going to play him at all and then stick him in there. So Matt Williams did, however, say it was just a rest for Desi. He could be back in there tomorrow after he struggled recently. I should add that Rizzo, to paraphrase him, also said that he didn't foresee Trey Turner up in the majors, though he allowed for the possibility that he could be a September call-up and might work in that role as a pinch runner, extra infielder once the rosters expand in September. But he's not going to be the saving grace from what Rizzo said today. Uh, They're going to have to find a way to get some production out of Ian Desmond or start working Danny Espinosa in at short more often than Espinosa goes 0 for 4 with a K tonight, didn't really contribute all that much, uh, was fine defensively. He's a fine fill-in for Desmond when necessary defensively, but you think we're going to start seeing a lot more of him in the coming days, and is that going to be a solution for the Nationals, getting some production out of the shortstop position? Uh, I, I think we'll see more, maybe not a lot more. Uh, and I, I don't know if it's a good solution, but it's a solution. Um, if, if Desi doesn't put put it together Real quick here, I, I think we can expect to see him resting a little more often. Uh, the, the problem is that w- whatever groove Espinosa might have gotten into, possibly he's already gotten out of it. And I'm not sure how the Nats now find him enough at-bats that he puts it back together again. You know, m- maybe maybe this happens again miraculously, I don't know, and, and, they, and they both start producing, and then we have one of those good problems to have. I, I think it's going to end up being the opposite and we're going to end up with two guys who look like the Desmond that we've been wailing and gnashing our teeth about. But at least one of them's got uh, got some good uh, consistent defense going for him. Uh, Trey Turner, I-, I know as fans, you see someone who's tearing it up in the majors like that, and you instantly project all your hope on him. Come up and save us. Give us the spark we need. But, you know, they, they have the minors in baseball for a reason. And we've been sort of – lucky as Nats fans in that we've had some really terrific prospects who have gone through the major, uh, the, the minors very quickly and come up and been productive major leaguers. Uh, Trey Turner might be one of those guys, but I, I think it's a lot more likely that he's closer to the majority of major leaguers who really need that time to, to get used to season long grind of playing and what major league pitching looks like. Uh, because you, you don't really get that in the minors, even with the, the ex-major leaguers that you run into down there, because, you know, they're in the minors, not the majors. And it's it's going to be a big step. And, you know, thrusting him into a, a pressure situation here in August in a playoff run and saying, hey, you're our only hope, come play shortstop for us. Uh, how are you adjusting to people throwing you crazy off-speed stuff and, and painting the corners? Um I think that's a formula for maybe stunting uh, his development. So pinch runner is where I expect to see him in September. Uh, I'm going to be real surprised if he gets any time uh, on the infield, you know, unless it's in the late innings uh, after weird circumstances any time this year. 
And as you mentioned, Rizzo also noted it's his first professional season. He was drafted just last June, uh, June 2014, played some major league games there, but this is his first full season and getting used to that grind of the everyday game. He's going to play more games than he's ever played before. And as uh, Grant Paulson mentioned, and I'll note I have a lot of respect for his views on baseball and particularly his views on prospects. He does a great show on MLB Network Radio every weekend and really have a high opinion of his take on prospects and the information he gets from scouts. And he also noted that Trey Turner has made nine errors in 34 games at shortstop in AAA so far, 10 errors in 10 games at short in AA this season, uh, 19 errors overall on the year. So bringing a kid up there, putting him in that situation might be a good way to test him. You might get the results you want. I don't necessarily know if you'd put up worse numbers than Ian Desmond is deep offensively right now, but defensively that could be tough if you put a kid in that situation he struggles defensively and you you end up stunting his growth somehow by you know forcing him into this situation like you mentioned and maybe he responds to it maybe he doesn't I don't think we're going to get to find out anytime soon but like you said we might see him in September Um, just going through my notes here and finding anything to talk about other than this game Mike Rizzo and Matt Williams both talked today about uh, uh, Joe Ross Doug Fister what happens when Steven Strasburg comes back Matt Williams did say there's ongoing talk about the situation, but noted that Ross is on an innings limit this year. He only pitched 120-ish the last two seasons. They're not going to bring him all that much up. Williams mentioned earlier that you're not going to run him up to 185 by keeping him in the rotation all the time. He talked today about the fact that you can manage his innings if he's in the minors and get him through a full season's worth of innings without really, you know, pushing it too far. You can't really do that in the majors and take him out after five innings and put that stress on the major league bullpen. So I have a feeling just reading between the lines there that when Steven Strasburg is coming back, they're going to see what they can get out of Doug Fister and try to get him back on track because he could be a much more useful piece there going forward if he can find that sinker and get back to it. If not, he's not going to be in the postseason. He's not going to be in the postseason rotation anyway. So we talked about it last night, but just reading between the lines, as I said, it doesn't look like Joe Ross is going to be staying in the rotation unless the Nationals make a bold and somewhat surprising move. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd have to agree with that. Uh, like you said, you look at the innings limits, and the Nats are going to try and play the hand they have. They didn't They didn't make a move to go out and get a starter at the deadline. Uh, you're sort of limited by the constraints of what people – what people are able to put together over the course of the season. And I actually didn't realize that, that uh, Ross's prior uh, maximum innings were so low, but I guess given how young he was, that makes sense. Um, if, if they can get any innings at all out of Fister over the rest of the stretch, I think the Nats are certainly going to do it. And he's shown us flashes of effectiveness. Uh, just for some reason, he can't keep the ball down for an entire game. Uh, Maybe it's it's just it's an adjustment or some conditioning or something, and you know we can whistle past the the Babbitt graveyard that that uh, he'll figure it out. Uh, I, I think that's we're, we're at the point now where we have to uh, put put a big chunk of this season on hope, and uh, part of that is is Trash coming back and being effective and uh, Fister figuring it out. Well, however, note that one. Uh... Broadcaster covering the Nationals on a daily basis said that he had a feeling that Ross might stay in the rotation. So no one, not everyone, is completely writing that possibility off. So judging by what I heard today and just 
the logic of the situation, I, I'd be surprised if he ends up staying instead of Fister. Pleasantly surprised, I would say, the way Fister's pitching at this point. Bryce Harper, comment after the game, we've got to keep smiling, keep laughing, and keep trying to have fun, have some fun. We've got a long ways to go. National fans will have to try to do the same. Uh, leave on a positive note tonight here. I guess if there's anything positive to take out of this, the debut of Tyler Moore as a release pitcher was a fun end to this game and seeing <laughs> retire two batters, including Paul Goldschmidt, who's a legitimate MVP candidate in the National League. Uh, will not comment on Tyler Moore's velo. Uh, he's a much better pinch hitter than he is a pitcher, and he hasn't been that great of a pinch hitter in the majors, but at least that was a fun way to end the game. Hey, I, I don't know if it was a mistake, but I think I saw his fastball up around 86, and that is that is Doug Fister territory here. That is, that is, if Casey Jansen can make that work, why not Tyler Moore? And he got Goldie out, yo. <laughs> Legit. Two-way player. The new Michael Owings. Team over, new setup, man. Sorry, Drew Storen. Let's just end it there. <laughs> Nationals drop two games behind in the NL East. The Mets win again. Thanks, Marlins. 55-51 and 51 on the year after tonight's loss. 11-4 final. 4 o'clock game tomorrow. I stress 4 o'clock game tomorrow, though I'm sure Dave will tell me at around 8 o'clock tomorrow night that he didn't realize it was a 4 o'clock game. If he listens to this, probably be mad that I just mocked him for that. But Matt Knightley <laughs> is sponsored by Federal Baseball and the District Sports page. Uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow, doghouse. Hopefully after a much more enjoyable game, because this one was four hours long and brutal at the end. Yeah, fingers crossed. Go Nats. Free trade Turner. Talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>